0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Lead-A-Sophie, Where an Open Mind is the Rule and Not the Exception. Glad you could join me today. I hope you got a chance to maybe listen to the last episode on some points that I thought were antagonistic to an open mind. I talked about, the whole last episode was about my intro. You know, open mind is the rule and not the exception. And I had a list of of ideas that I thought were antagonistic to to an open mind or approaching a conversation, dialogue with another human being with an open mind or something that prevents that. So check it out if you get a chance. But one of the things I I mentioned was biases, kind of cognitive biases that can impede our ability to approach a conversation with an open mind. So today I'm going to talk about an article written by Kendra Cherry. It is on verywellmind.com. She wrote this article back in in July of 2020. So I'm gonna talk, uh, highlight some points she, she talks about in her article on cognitive biases. And I'll kind of try to relate that on how that can affect an open mind. Hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution. You are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of Leidosophy. <laughs> Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of Leadosophy, Tim Woody. Welcome back, friends. We're gonna dive right into cognitive biases, or the cognitive bias, how this can influence, inhibit the open mind being a rule. Maybe it makes the open mind an exception. So again, this article is titled, What is Cognitive Bias? It's written by Kendra Cherry, uh, reviewed by Amy Morin, who is a licensed clinical, clinical social worker. So I found this initial graphic on the front really striking. And if you can't if you're not watching and just listening, they have a graphic on the very, uh, very beginning part of the article, and it says common causes of cognitive bias. Um, the first one is limits on the mind's attention. So just you know things that are limiting our attention span. You know, think about how this may affect just an open mind in general. If you have limitations on, on your attention span, and you're going into a conversation with someone else. How that can immediately, you know, start closing your mind or keeping it from being an, an open mind. Uh, they talk about individual motivations. When I wrote um, in my blog post a couple days ago, I talked about agendas, motivations, those things that can prohibit us from being receptive to new information, especially if we're having a conversation with someone else. You know, if we have an agenda going into a certain conversation or a certain motivation, it's gonna narrow our field field of view, and we're gonna start framing our conversation with someone else and tailoring it towards our own individual motivations and agenda. They talk about mental shortcuts, they call them heuristics, something uh, quick and practical that we use to to get us quicker to a to a decision. And I think that's a very primitive function of the human mind. you know, going back, You know centuries thousands of years you know a quick way for us to solve problems in nature so to speak maybe not so much in the workplace but uh you know hunter gatherer i think of hunter gatherer type days mental heuristics that were able to allow us to to make decisions quicker to achieve very survivalistic goals they also talk about social pressure and emotions i talked about emotions on my last episode you know, if you're, if you're going into a conversation with someone else and you're angry, you're experiencing rage or sadness, how that can affect the open mind, you know, it being a bias in itself, but how it can affect having an open mind. So Kendra Cherry writes, you know, the title here, What is Cognitive Bias? So let's dive into this a little more. Again, this is a little more psychology than philosophy. But again, I've, I've said in the past that lead like psychology. I think they're uh, kind of symbiotic in nature. And again, I've mentioned this also before, You know, if i never went into philosophy, I think I would have tried to dive into the field of psychology. I really like psychology. I love how the human mind works. I love the limitations of the human mind. I love to try to see how we overcome those limitations. I love the idea of learning with others, finding deeper understandings, with others in a collective way, I think you really dive into the psychology of the human mind and the psychology of dynamic human relationships. By dynamic, I mean they're always changing. You know, if you have a relationship with somebody, no two interactions with that person will ever be the same. You know, if you have a coworker, your interactions with that coworker on Monday will be different than the ones they are on Tuesday just because no two situations are ever identical. So even if they appear similar, there's always different environmental influences that are changing the nature of that conversation, feelings, emotions, or external factors. So I find I find all of that fascinating. Then I'm rambling a little bit, but I just, you know, I want the listener to know that psychology to me is just as important, I believe, to philosophy which is just as important to leadership. So philosophy and, and psychology, I think, are, you know, they buttress leadership on both ends. You know, they work on, on, all, you know, on all sides, technically, of leadership. So here we go. What is cognitive bias? Cognitive bias is a systematic error in thinking that occurs when people are processing and interpreting information in the world around them. and affects the decisions and judgments that they make. The human brain is powerful, but subject to limitations. Cognitive biases are often a result of your brain's attempt to simplify information processing. Biases often work as rules of thumb that help you make sense of the world and reach decisions with relative speed. So I think about this relative speed. In the last episode, I talked about time pressures. And when you're under the pressure of time to make a decision or you have the illusion that you're under the pressure of time, you're, again, your mind starts to close a little bit. You're looking for just enough information to make a decision. I caution the, the listener to question whether or not they are making a decision in haste. Sometimes when we think we are under a certain amount of pressure to make a decision, we can take, a t- take our time to look around and get some feedback from others. And maybe others will give us some, some decent feedback that, hey, we might be rushing to a decision. Let's just relax. Let's take our time here. Let's make sure we have enough information. And I say enough information because I think I don't never, I, I'll never th- I believe that you'll get all of the information. You know, it's like as soon as you get a piece of information, you think you need more. And then once you get that information, you're like, well, that's not enough. So I think we have to be very careful of going down this like search for, for information in through infinity, I don't think that's possible. So I'm going to scroll down this article a little bit. So the author Kendra Cherry talks about signs. What are signs of cognitive bias? And I think this is kind of the heart of the article that I wanted to talk about on leadosophy. And then you know, I encourage you to once again listen to my last episode and then see how this, this article applies or doesn't apply to the open mind, keeping an open mind. Kendra writes, everyone exhibits cognitive bias. It might be easier to spot than others, but it is important to know that it is something that also affects your thinking. Some signs that you might be influenced by some type of cognitive bias include, and she writes, she lists five of them, so very important here. The first one is only paying attention to news stories that confirm your opinions. Again, this is you're looking for stuff like this, right? How many people avoid certain news sites but seek other news sites? It's it's I believe this is human nature. I believe our minds want to do that as they are formed and they are shaped. So how can you convince yourself to find something that doesn't fit your narrative, fit your motivations, fit your agendas? And if you seek information like that, that kind of cuts across the grain of your thought process, can that expand your mind? Can that expand your thoughts? I think of my, when I first went to college, my you know undergrad in philosophy at Florida Atlantic University, again, I've said this before, I was in my, you know, I was a middle, middle-aged adult, I was late 30s, and let's be honest, philosophy, liberal arts degree, you know, it's not a very mainstream, conservative type, you know, field of study. And a lot of academics in the field are, I would say definitely trend more towards the liberal side of, of political views and ideology. I grew up in Ohio in the Midwest, Uh, you know, my my father was a factory worker, you know, he was in a union, also had many conservative views, some liberal views, some conservative views. I grew up not really following politics a lot. I was never really much into it. I was pretty immature up until probably my 30s. I didn't really value this idea of learning, but I would say if I had to, had to trend one more direction it was probably more conservative than I was a liberal. But again it, my idea was show me the issue what we're talking about and I'll tell you kind of my views on it. I, I wasn't set on being pinned in one direction. But when you go into liberal studies and philosophy and you know you tend to be surrounded by more liberal ideology and th- and ways of thinking you know that can kind of maybe upset some of your mental models so you start your mind starts changing a little bit and it's not that you start dogmatically believing what other people say and you just you're a robot you just you broaden your horizons a little bit i think you broaden your expect, your perspectives and, and spectrum of thought which is a good thing so i'm i'm still not very good of always at always uh, seeking i guess seeking stories and things that don't conform to my opinions I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm still a human. And I tend to always gravitate towards certain mediums of, of news and things like that. But I try to look at other sides. I think it's important. Anyways, so back to, to Kendra. She says, blaming outside factors when things don't go your way is a sign of cognitive bias. So blaming outside factors when things don't go your way she writes attributing other people's success to luck but taking personal credit for your own accomplishments i've seen that before i i'm I'm guilty of doing that probably at some point i can't think of anything specific of recent memory but i'm sure I've, i've went down that road in my own mind assuming that everyone else shares your opinions or beliefs i think that's important for conversation Conversation pieces. How many conversations do we... Or let me rephrase that. What are the dangers of going into a conversation assuming that the person you are talking to shares your opinions or beliefs? I think there's a danger in doing that. I think your mind is closed when you do that. And the conversation... Honestly, can take you by surprise when you, if someone else is exposed as not sharing your opinions and beliefs, and then you can get frustrated. You may, may even just kind of turn your back on that person that you thought was, they shared your opinions and beliefs, and uh, all of a sudden you realize that they didn't. And again, who cares, right? Does it matter? You know, I talked about this on the last episode. No two people are going to have the exact same value system. They're not gonna have the exact same belief system. And again, isn't that what makes us human? Right, that's what makes us free thinkers. The thought should be free to explore, to search for meaning and understanding. You know, if you're searching for a bunch of like-minded people, maybe that's your thing, I don't know, Uh, but I think if you're gonna grow if you're gonna grow cognitively, I think you have to diversify your audience, your circles of influence. I think it just gives you a broader, kind of a broader view of the different values and opinions that are out there because there's quite, quite a lot of them. And the last one she says, the last cognitive bias is learning a little about a topic and then assuming you know all there is to know about it. Uh, That's social media in a nutshell to me. There are a lot of epistemic authorities on social media, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Um, Everybody seems to be omniscient in thought. And again, I said this last episode, you know, Twitter, it's it's the realm of conclusions very little questions asked very little very little little search for meaning everyone has the truth and very little listening those are assumptions of mine opening up my mind to to my assumptions i could be wrong i'm willing to admit if i'm wrong curious on what you think going on social media how much are we going into social media or social media digital experiences with the number one goal to learn from others. I don't know, it seems like it's not, it seems like it's the exception and not the rule. All right, I'm gonna close this out. You know, she goes on later to talk about the types of cognitive biases, and I think that's definitely a, a worthy segment for leadosophy, but I think for another segment. I'm just gonna read this last paragraph and kind of close this one. So th- this, this episode is really just to kind of put a bow on my last episode. Kendra writes, when you are making judgments and decisions about the world around you, you like to think that you are objective, logical, and capable of talking in and evaluating all the information that is available to you. Unfortunately, these biases sometimes trip us up, leading to poor decisions and bad judgments. There's one thing she said in there that really stood, stood out to me going into a, you know, I think when you go into any conversation, you like to think that you are objective, logical, and capable of taking in and evaluating all the information. But in theory, it's very, it's very, it's, that's the, you know, that's the exception and not the rule. So when I start Leadosophy off with an open mind is the rule and not the exception, I'm almost saying that for myself that constantly remind myself to be open number one be open that i could be wrong whatever i write about whatever i talk about on the show i'm open to i've i said this i'm open to critical feedback i'm also open to the fact that i am in error or i am my thought is in error and lastly you know i think that has some importance as applied to leadership you know in the role of a leader being aware of your cognitive biases in the narrow sense, but generally aware of the importance of, of trying to, trying to continually push the disposition of going into a conversation with an open mind. I think that's a very critical part of, of leadership. I think it's, it might be underestimated how important having an open mind or trying to approach every single conversation with an open mind. I think we tend to maybe devalue that a little bit or not place as much importance on it as we should. So again, going into a conversation, we're not the most objective person on the planet. We're not the most logical and we're not the most capable of taking in all the information and evaluating that information. We are extremely limited as human beings. And I think that's the final takeaway for Kendra's article, number one, and an open mind, putting a bow on open mind. Number two. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you like talking about cognitive biases, a little bit of psychology mixed in with the uh, leadership and philosophy. Remember, leadosophy is about using the tools of our intellect and the tools of philosophy to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life. And of life. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.